Okay, we're going to finish up where we've been the last couple of weeks, and it's uh, I was open for a lot of discussion now, so y'all going to have to kick in double and triple time. Because uh, this last topic in Paul's writing to Timothy, at least the last uh, couple of particular items in this long list that he's presented, uh, kind of, in a way, sum up the preceding 17, at least the effects of it, or what has caused the preceding 17 that we've been talking about. I know we've went over these pretty briefly. Uh, we've had some good discussion, and again, I urge you to do that tonight. I was talking to two or three after these particular services, and uh, Darwin that's been coming just loves it because he's new to the Lord pretty much, and he's just eating it up. Uh, you know, and I never really thought, you know, when you read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible over and over and over, but somebody knew, I mean, they're getting fed, so that discussion helped, and he mentioned that. He loves the, the uh, intercommunications that we have and discussions, questions, and all that, so get involved tonight. Uh, we're going to pick up here again in the third chapter of 2 Timothy. This will be the last in this particular series. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We got all the way down to uh, those traitors, heady and high-minded. We're going to pick up on verse 4. It says, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Well, let's look at it kind of. Let's flip it backwards. What's a lover of God? Do I need to repeat my opening statement? Whenever. I need discussion. <laughs> What's a lover of God? A follower. A follower. Whenever you turn your heart over and try to be Christ-like every day. Okay. Lot involved in the particular term that's being used here, lovers of God, is a huge territory that involves a lot of things. We've heard some examples tonight. So looking at it, what's happened here? Before we get too deep in what's happened, let's get some more thought on lovers of God because people can go through motions all day long. They can act like anything. They can present themselves as some dynamic religious figure and still not be a lover of God. What's it talking about? Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's we we got to understand every aspect of what Paul is speaking here to Timothy uh, and try to define and, and uh, determine what it is he's actually talking about. We can breeze over that if we're not careful because everybody thinks they're a lover of God. Right. I mean, everybody's going to heaven nowadays, right? So if you're going to heaven, you've got to be a lover of God. Well, why in the world are they doing the things they're doing if they're lovers of God? Okay, here's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. If you love God, what's going to be your lifestyle? What are you going to be doing? Very good. Because we'll, we'll still bring that out here in a minute. Mm -hmm. I mean, complete opposite. Right. Flip-flops. So, lovers of God love truth. Opposite of that is, we have, they love lies and deceit. 
and that's something that deals with flesh. Yes, very good. Um, he said truth brought out a point. Uh, what's the truth? If you really think about it, and without trying to be judgmental or, or critical or anything, just just matter of food for thought. How many do you think today really love God's word? Even people that go to church. If we don't love His word, how do we love Him? Come on. Right. You can't. So well, there's people I know exist that don't know all of this word. Well, that's true. But if they really love God, give them just a little bit. They'll be totally enthused. I think I've explained, at least shared before, of some of the, since we took missions off, some of the missions missionaries that have, either in my readings or even talked to them personally over the years, how when they go on the mission field to these far distant places, and even the convert that just received Jesus are so hungry for the preaching and for the word that they, they just want them to keep going and feeding them more. So there's a lot being said right here other than just three little words, lovers of God. There's much more involved in that. And I think that's what's one thing Paul's talking about, one thing that's really going to catch people in the finality of things. Who's going to heaven? Lovers of God. Not just those that say they are, or act like they are, or try to make somebody believe they are, it's those who really are lovers of God. The Bible tells us plainly, we heard that here, I think somebody brought this scripture up, at least quoted it last time, or maybe it was time before, with all your what? Heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is what? Totality of everything we are. Now, I've thought about that one a lot. Well, that's a lot right there. Heart, soul, mind, strength. This is... This, this is something that... It seems like it's, it's, it's a real place to achieve. I mean, it's a... Think about it. All of that. Can you really say you're there? Can you really say I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength? Probably none of us can do that, but I think the emphasis here is to be working towards it. Amen. Constantly working. Uh, if you want more of God, you got to love God more. You don't go the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so, again, what Paul's saying, let's back up and look at lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Or pleasures. What's pleasures? Simple word, what is it? Actually, this whole term is coupled into one definition in, in, the, in the Greek, lovers of pleasure is actually one defining term, but we can break it down here because pleasure is pretty much understood. We can define that in the proper Webster English. So what's a pleasure? What brings your flesh enjoyment? Okay, what would that be? Usually sin. <laughs> it's usually sensual pleasures. Oh my goodness, what are we seeing today? Yeah. Sensual pleasure everywhere and advertised and unashamed. Mm -hmm. at all, you know, just totally. Uh, 
Actually, the term here means self-gratification, which basically is what we're talking about, satisfying self at all limits. God is moved out and self-serving, the desires, everything's in, in order here, and that's what we're seeing here that Paul is saying. This is another uh, situation or circumstance or thing that's going to be going on in this latter day so let's kind of let's kind of take a look at our modern society and let's identify with a few examples we've had a couple already what else are we talking about pleasures but I got one you know what has robbed church houses for services on Sunday mornings in a big way, a huge way. What's some other establishments where you? One of the worst addictions known to man. Pleasure, isn't it? It's a pleasure to sit there and dump all your hard-earned money into that thing and go home broke, isn't it? Well, why do people do it? Because it's gratifying to the flesh. It doesn't matter if you're losing your life and savings and everything because it makes the flesh feel good. It's kind of what's being said here. The lovers of what pleases the flesh more than they are lovers of God who is a spirit. Go ahead. I think another thing that's been attached to that too, I think we can directly correlate lovers of God and, and, then, and then cut that in half and the lovers of pleasure is the lack of discipline it takes to do one thing and the amount of discipline it takes to do another. Love, being a lover of God takes an enormous amount of discipline also. But a lover of pleasure, it doesn't take a lot of discipline. It's just a really a slothful, lazy type of spirit, which is obviously very prevalent today. And it's not to say that people don't go out and, you know, and you know, we see across the board people work and do different things, but we're, we're noticing that it's starting, a trend is starting to catch on. Less people are working. More people are wanting to be taken care of and wanting all of their things taken care of so they don't have to mess with it. And and um, uh, I was I was talking to somebody the other day um, that owned uh, a business and they were talking about the interview process that they actually have to have now in order to get somebody hired. Hmm. Said, you actually have to ask them certain questions about, you know, is this going to offend you or is this going to be too hard for you or, or any of this. And, and they've gotten return feedback. I actually heard this. Well, I can't, I can't do this, and I can't do this between this time and this time. Uh, and I gotta be, I gotta go do this. And then the response was, Well, what can you do? You're, you come to us, you want a job. What can you do? And it was, well, they're trying, they want to be slid in this nice, pretty little, comfortable slot. And I want it all to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Don't make my job too hard. And I, and I think discipline and then lack of discipline are connected to these two things. You said something there that sparked a thought. Uh, comfort. Yes. Comfort and pleasure go hand in hand. We know sometimes true Christianity is not comfortable. Right. It just isn't. So... Loving God means going through some things. 
dealing with some circumstances that we'd rather not. But in his word, he tells us if father loves the son, he's going to chastise him. And this is another area, and you're talking about people that can't even, don't even want to work or anything else. Uh, another thing kind of mind too is uh, the United States is the single largest, um, what's the term they use? Anyway, there's more illegal drugs consumed in this country annually than any other place. I think all others combined. What's that? Pleasure. Pleasure. Growing worse and worse, right? Seeing people drop like flies just trying something else that might get them a little more of a buzz. Well, it does. It gets them a buzz, all right. And we're seeing fatality rates off the scales now because of people seeking pleasure in that form. See, there's, there's so many things that's involved right here. Again, we don't have time to talk about all of them tonight, but trying to get examples out of where people are seeking pleasure more than they're seeking God. We could fit right in here the decrease in church attendance because people are after pleasure more than they're after God. What causes people to do that? What is it? I've asked myself, what is it? I mean, really, what is it? Uh, when you look... Uh, At the previous ones before this one, um, most of those, most everything here has to do with, with basically feeding self. We call it all about me attitude. Well, so is this one. Uh, true Christianity, again, it, it's all about God. It's all about Jesus, or should be. But when it becomes all about us or all about me, then that takes away the genuine love for God that we're supposed to have. And with even, even this stuff like epidemic in the churches of today, I'm sorry it is, uh, people are looking for pleasure more than they're looking for God. Mm -hmm. uh, entertainment, they're looking to, for satisfaction, they're looking for comfort, they're looking for this, they're looking for that, even in the religious realm. So it's invaded and infected at the same time the body of the church. All of these have. Paul wasn't just talking again to the world, talking mostly to the church about the church, but also for the conditions of the world that's going to be existent during this time in a conglomeration, all working negatively, of course, and we're already seeing the effects of that. Every day, there's something else that's worse. You notice? And it, it's just, it just continues to escalate, continues to grow. And uh, the problem, and the, these are problems. I mean, we can, we can refer to these as problems. Uh, when people love their pleasures more than they love God, that, that's a huge problem. What happened? What happens? Let's talk about what happens because of that. What happens with God because of that, you think? Now, this, this can be just some opinion. And don't nail, just because somebody speaks their opinion, don't nail it down as the gospel because we're discussing. But what, what do you think God thinks when people are seeking everything else in the form of pleasure except Him? What do you think His thoughts might be? I know we don't have the mind of God, but just throw it around a little bit. Kind of like a, a 
parent, you know, eventually after I can just see him up there shaking his head, you know, disgusted, frustrated. He's given us everything and it's it's like where our attitude is, it's not good enough, you know. So I really think that he starts pulling he starts pulling back and is like, okay, when you figure it out, then, you know. That's, that's a point, and we've discussed this before. It's exactly what you said right there, and, and it's very noticeable. And I've wondered about that man. From when I started, you know, and uh, got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I mean, Holy Spirit's very, very active, and thinking, man, what in the world is happening? It's, it's like a an atmospheric thing. Anybody else associate with that? Okay, what's really, what's taking place? Because... The conditions, I believe, determine the atmosphere of spiritual activity. If, if people are no longer lovers of God, then what do we think is going to happen? I'm not saying God doesn't still love man. He sent his son to the world because he loved the world, the people, the people of the world. But something's happening here. And other people besides me is noticing this and commenting on it because I've talked to some of them. So think about that here. What's the effects of that going to be? What's it going to take? And the remedy's here, by the way. But we're not sealing this with a period, doomsday. But the remedy's here in, in the Word of God. We do just the opposite of everything that's being said here is what we do. And uh, anyway, any thoughts on that? What I just talked about? I think a, a lot of it is because everybody is in a microwave society and they're treating God the same way. It's like they don't want anything to do with God until they're broken down, have nowhere else to go, and then they come to God. And then once he gets them through it, they're like, okay, I'm good now, and they're back off on their way. Instead of truly, sincerely loving him from their heart, you know, they can pursue everything else, even the way that a man pursues a woman or vice versa. If you could just put that effort into pursuing God and his love, that is something that's pure and true, and you're never going to find another love like it. And, and the more, more so, the more rewarded. Right. And I believe the more you love God and the more people that you have together, that that power is there. But when you have half-hearted people doing half-hearted things, you're only going to get half-hearted response. That's good. That's good. I like the term, half-hearted. You ever heard that term? I'll get you in just a term of all good things come to an end. Yeah. It's going to. Yeah. It's going to. Here it is right here. Uh, I don't know if we're, I think we're past microwave. I don't know where it's at, but. Yeah. Or push button. It's it's just full expectation. God's supposed to be taking. He's no matter what I want to do, then God's just supposed to bless me. That's the attitude, and and that's something that's become prevalent in our society. Uh, I watch some of these where the ministers go out on the street. Just talking about one the other day. I still can't remember his name. Uh, go out on the street and talk to different people, and a lot of them's got that attitude. What are you gonna do when you die? Going to heaven? Well, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, I don't know, just cause God's good. Well, that's not quite enough. Give the hand up, go ahead. Ray Comfort. 
Ray yeah. Comfort, that's it. Comfort, we should have got that a while ago. <laughs> Ray Comfort, very good. He's, he's bold, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He goes right at them. Very skilled. Yeah, but man, some of the answers some of them give is just makes your blood curdle. Yeah. That's what they think and believe. Very good. Anybody else? Yeah, I was just going to say, Nathan and I were talking about it today, especially when you live in the house of God. Mm -hmm. And that's his word. And so, it is, yeah, there is things that are going on in the world that are evil, and that's not good. But, I mean, you look at what God would, you know, uh, what he's willing to do if there are just so many righteous people that are present. Mm -hmm. Mike, what I think is my opinion, I believe there's corruption in the church. Corruption. I believe it's corruption on a political level. Uh, corruption internally. Uh, and I believe there's been compromises. But the services still went on. Mm -hmm. People still preached. People still do what they've always done. But something behind closed doors changed. And I think that's why we're seeing some of the things we're seeing. That the church is not the church that it used to be. Church is not the, the church that was that God was honoring and in love with and the bride that was being prepared. And so the place where they were at was protected and blessed. But judgment begins here. here. Yeah. And so I believe wholeheartedly a good part of what's going on with our country is because of what the church is doing. I believe that too. 100%. So. Yeah. It's like a. Uh, I don't know if you call it, I will call it a judgment, per se. Sure, yeah. Uh, I think there's some, some judgment going on right now sure. because of what's become, what's happened. And as always, God uses that to try to get people's attention if they will pay attention. Right now, I don't think they're capable of paying attention. No. Uh, and this is another factor included right here because of pe people are headstrong well let me we talked about that last week sold up headstrong stubborn they're not turning around for anything and they're seeking everything they can get for personal gain personal pleasure personal feelings uh, you name it and uh, all the while God's looking people love him basically you got to just keep loving God yeah those that cheered up with their relationship with the Lord keep loving him uh, keep pushing, keep pressing, but we're we're in the middle of this situation uh, as it's right beginning right now, and it's going to get worse. Okay. Um, I think that God is looking at the human race, and I don't know whether to say it out loud or whether he's just thinking it or what. He would think or, or say out loud, whatever, uh, how soon they forget how much that I love them. Spirit loves them. How soon they forget. Yeah. And fall off into this. Yeah. Um, he, he said, didn't he say, I gave them my word, and I gave them the living word, and now they've turned away from my word mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. And the, the majority of the world has. Well, two. we used to be a majority. Now we're what? Minority. Very few. Yeah. Less all the time. Um, what about if you love God, 
We want to please him, right? Amen. How do we want to please him? Question in itself. What do we do to please God? What things do we do? Stay strong in conviction. Good. How do you That's do what, that? What keeps us on the exactly. narrow, straight and narrow to you feel bad, you feel the conviction, you act to the conviction. I think there's a lot of people today that either, I don't know if it's, they've grown numb to the conviction or, or they just don't care about the conviction, but something has happened to the conviction of the church. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And the reverence and respect of the church for God. I'm going to add that one. Sorry, but it's true. Go back to your dating. Anybody here have a date? Go, you know, at least go see your girt, gal or guy, you know. How'd you show up? Your best. Your best? Really? Hmm, why? Because you want to be where wanting to impress. You're wanting to be everything good. <laughs> Somebody else? Which is in scripture that I think is directly correlated to what Kenny said, because that when he's talking about conviction, that's directly correlation to the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You start looking at the scriptures about what grieves the Holy Spirit, what actually grieves him. When you got grievances uh, that are present, unrepented for, continuing to operate in, it grieves him. So where there's grievances, there can't be conviction. It's not that they put two and two together. Conviction is a, a revelation of the truth and an invitation to repent of that. But when there's deliberate uh, grievances against the Holy Spirit, uh, you can't give him your work. He's not going to. Exactly. And so I, I think that's those, that's those scriptures on grievances and grieving the Holy Spirit. Those are fantastic. I mean, people need to pay attention to that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's a preventing thing. It prevents. Grieving the Holy Spirit prevents his, as yeah. you said, his movement and, and activity. Uh, again, and we, we talk a lot about societal sins and things going on today, and they're absolutely out there. Instead, said a while ago, judgment begins in the house of God, and that's where we've got to begin and work at constantly. Uh, one of the things that Jesus even himself dealt with was hypocritical people. What's that? Yeah. People that act like one thing and do something else. Put on a religious face on Sunday and they got everything in the world going on during the week. Lip service. Lip service. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been absolutely blown away sometimes by walking into some place and see people I know around here that go to churches and it's supposed to be, you know, I mentioned term the other day, big in the church. Really? We're supposed to be examples, right? Amen. We love God being reverent to Him. We're supposed to be good examples for Him, reflective of Him. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to reflect Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're tending to pleasurable things or sensual things or sinful things, there's no way we can reflect Christ properly. Right. So you can't love God in that aspect. A lot more said here than what is readily understood by a lot of people. Anybody else? Yes. Uh, thought about this a lot and I know there's there's a fine line of people who don't come to church but they'll watch it on TV and they can keep turning the channels but they 
hear whatever they want to hear. I mean, there's scriptures that go from one extreme to the yeah. other. And, you know, it, it's a, if you're not led by the Holy Spirit and know what is right, and that can get you all messed up. So I do believe that when someone is not capable of being in church because of something physical or, you know, I believe in that. But I also believe that if you're capable, that you should be in the church house and not watching it from your home. Because, and this is me, because I could turn it on when we weren't coming to church and we was having to do it, you know. Things get in your mind and you're sitting sure. there trying to listen and then something goes on over here because I had trouble concentrating anyways on everyday stuff. So if I'm trying to listen to the word of God, well, the devil's going to put all kinds of things going on to the side, distractions. Sure. And it was a struggle for me to sit there. I mean, we've gone and sat out in our car. <laughs> so there is not yeah. nothing going on and had our phones and both of us going in case the signal went out on one or the other because... You're sitting there and things are going on. I mean, I'm just like, Phew. yeah, yeah. But think about the aspect you're missing: fellowship. Yes. Now, you, it might not be that you're even over here talking to someone, but there's still an air of fellowship in a church service, spiritual fellowship. So that's absent in that. That's there's just a lot to be said about this and it's it i think there could be right there on that particular subject alone there could be a long duration of, of teaching on it uh, but it gives us at least a somewhat understanding any more comments on that i will say this um, the declining church attendance the declining uh, number of believers i mentioned a while back it's, it's going down all the time people don't even believe in god anymore when there's more atheists than agnostics in a society, that's a real bad problem. What have you you've got unbelief, right? Yeah. And you got more unbelief. You got more unbelief. And, and of course, along with that, as the number of believers lessen, then it compounds the problem. So again, people, people, let's just go ahead and just salt it a little more here. People are so involved in pleasure things on Sundays instead of coming to church. I don't mind saying it. It's the truth. Let's go to the lake. Let's do this. And I, I know there's vacation I know, and there's there's nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about letting something get a hold of you so bad that it becomes God in your life. And that's what we see a lot of. Uh, God can't properly be loved. He don't share himself with the world. Uh, love If you love the world, he says that's enmity with God. Uh, so here again, this this, is, this scripture is, or this term right here is, is absolutely full. <clears throat> uh, anybody else before we go to the next one? Let's talk about this next one then. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Having a form of godliness. <clears throat> What's a form? yourself as uh, you make the presentation of a form of what godliness. godliness now let's talk about that a little bit what's godliness godliness 
How can you have a form of that? It says having a form. That having means possessing. It's, it's who you are. That's what that means. You have become this. You have a form of God, a facade, a, a uh, presentation, but what's behind it is not what the power is. You have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And denying is, is forsaking or pushing off or, or resisting. The power is the supernatural ability of having of, of true godliness. There's a, we could call it, I guess, kind of a counterfeit here. Uh, acting like, but not really having. Now, how does that affect things? How does that, how does that affect How does that affect the church? Because again, this is talking to the church. There's people in the church in the latter day that's going to be this right here. How does that affect the church? For the other brothers and sisters in the church, it dampens it dampens the Holy Spirit's move and everything when you have people like that. And then it also affects the non-believers out there because when you claim Christianity or you claim, you know, they're looking at you and then if they see you do stuff or the way that you treat them and act, then they're like, I don't want no part of that that church or that God or or whatever because you know they that may be the only version that they ever get of it as far as face to face and then to you know all the the fakeness and the counterfeit it really dampens the Holy Spirit so he's not going to go where he's not genuinely welcome yeah well it could almost say like uh, denying the power could almost almost be like uh, uh, I lost my thought um, denying the power thereof or the power that comes with true there's a power with true yeah. godliness okay there is a power with it because it goes back to yeah. conviction it goes back to the reverence to God there is a Holy Spirit supernatural power that comes with that but what he's talking about here is that doesn't exist you only have an image and you don't have the true power of the gospel or of Jesus Christ, supernatural power, whatever. Uh, but what he's portraying here is is this is a damaging thing. It's it's uh, has so much influence as you're saying. It has so much influence that the damage is is, is far-reaching, at least in the in the church or religious realm. And that's that's where we got. That's where we always got to look. How, how are we presenting ourselves? Are we presenting ourselves to everybody we associate with as Christ? Or are we simply playing a part? Go ahead. And that word, that word power, that is dunamis. Yeah, that supernatural power. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the authentic power of God. That's and without that, where are we really? Right, nowhere. Nowhere. We got nothing. Nowhere. So there again, the effect is what we got to look at. The effect of this. What's it doing? Not what is it going to do. What is it doing right now? Because it's, it's prevalent. Anybody uh, else? But going through the motions with no evidence. Really? You got 
Or negative evidence. You're trying to present yourself as this, but what's this? What's what's this over here in your closet? What's all these skeletons in your closet then? If that's happening, you don't have the power. But you're still influencing people, making them believe that you're. So it's all, it's just confusion and chaos is what it is. That again is very damaging to witness, to affect people for the Lord. To I mean, it just it. it there's no end to the effects of it. That's why it's here. Again, deeper, deeper, deeper than, like the other one, we probably talk about it for a week, that subject alone. Uh, trying to think of some examples. I don't want to get too pinpointing or anything because we need to be careful being critical. But um, the, the next verse, well, the, the finishing up verse 5, it says, From such turn away. That's a warning. Turn away. Don't get involved. Don't don't be a part of it. Um, the uh, I was trying to search the word a while ago. Um, I think I said it though. An air of godliness, a, a pre pretending of it, um, which brings up the point of pleasing God. We know God's pleased by holiness. Attempt. Attempting to perfect holiness. We've talked about that not long ago. Uh, but again, the, the holiness of God that he allows us to, to have and live in, that again draws us closer to him, is different than this pretended holiness that he's talking about to being presented here in the scripture. It, it doesn't have any spiritual content at all so therefore it's counterfeit it's void it's unable but yet it's being practiced and it's being accepted and it's being followed that's what's interesting about it something that powerless how in the world are people caught up in it what's the problem what's the issue there why why would this even be possible easier. way in easier. it's easier yeah that's a good point yeah. Yeah. Well, the devil's going to make it easy for one yeah. thing, isn't it? No resistance, man. Yeah. Falsified fleshly ways are always easier mm -hmm. than truthful. No strain, no pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Somebody up? I told you I'd have to double, triple time with this. Pastor, if we were just all honest, and I don't, I don't mean to keep bringing it in, if we're all honest, Nobody's flesh really wants to go to church. That's right. I mean, if we're just all honest. How many times is everybody here to just yeah. try to talk us out of it? I mean, even if you're not, even if you're not dealing with that temptation and you just come because that's something you've gotten used to, your flesh would rather not mess around with it. It would rather stay home, take it easy, and, and not mess with it. Mm -hmm. So it takes discipline, and it takes a lot of yeah. work. and a lot of times a push. Yeah, and we're right push, push yourself. Uh, but see, we're seeing that it's going away. Yeah. No desire. Or little desire, I should say. Um, and i got to keep coming back all 19 of these. The effect of them. The effects of them. The atmospheric change that it creates in our society and in the realm of the church. Hand in hand, because this is all final days things. Okay, thank you. 
Let me, let me just ask you a question you can answer and then you can go ahead and put you're about the only one of your age here tonight why do you reckon that is one reason I know it's not but why is that Why are they tired? Okay. Pleasures are wearing people out or chasing pleasures. It's just wearing them out. Yeah. Uh, that's just one one issue as a result. Uh, the other ones, the more you tend to your body and give it pleasures, the more pleasures it's going to want, and the more wore out you're going to become, and the more addicted you're going to become to whatever it is. Uh, pleasures just have a way of doing that. Again, compound problem because there's so many things here working together to affect the entire situation. And we're finishing up these latter two. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left. We've got five minutes actually. Uh, any other thoughts as we get ready to close up here? This, again, the final, final time on this. Any questions on any as we've, the ones we've covered or anything we've talked about thus far? You know, to some, probably, maybe some, to some, this is boring stuff. It's just not exciting. Why do we need things that aren't exciting? Man, we need to be entertained. We need to be motions going on. You know what the most important thing to get you to heaven is? This right here. And loving God. This is it. Your belief and trust in this, in God, loving Him, that's it. All this other, as good as it is, as great as it might be, that's not what gets you to heaven. It's being absolutely opposite of everything we've talked about this last three weeks. Pastor, not only that, but a lot of people are so caught up in their own lives, their own issues of life, that they are forgetting to lift each other up you know um, as brothers and sisters in Christ I mean that's why we come together is to bring glory and honor unto God and stuff but he wants us we're not on the battlefield just one person it's supposed to be a team effort and every person I think falls short on looking over and glancing to make sure your brother or sister are still standing up and that they're not face down, you know, because eventually there's going to come a time where you're going to need that uplifting. You're going to need that encouragement. And I just think that if you truly love God and you're seeking him, that you're going to want to share that with everybody else and you're going to want to help them get there. Sure, sure. Well, love of self takes all concern for others away. If, if you're all wrapped up in yourself, then you are no concern for anybody else. And that's lovers of self. That's what we look at right off. Yeah. And uh, that, again, that's uh, the willingness of, in this day and time, the willingness to help others is just, it, it's greatly declining. Now, the sinner, wicked, they'll help each other. I guarantee you they'll go to bat. They'll. Uh, it's amazing. It, I mean, truthfully, you talking about backing each other up, buddy? They'll be there. I mean, 
fangs and claws and all. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I had a, a client ask me today. He's got a he's got a bed bug issue in in multiple cabins that he's got. And he said I've talked to six pest control companies about how to handle this situation. None of it none of it seems good at all, and they don't have a lot of faith in the in the chemicals and stuff like that. And I said. And so I said, listen, I don't, I don't really know who you've talked to. I don't really know about all that stuff. And I, don't, I don't know the names of the companies. But I will tell you in my experience, it has nothing to do necessarily with the product that you've got. It is the way you apply it. It's always the way that does the job. You can be, I told him, I said, you can be one of the worst chems out there. And if we follow protocol, we can get rid of that problem. It's application. That's the same way it is in the church. It's not a church Good. service that brings you close to God. It's the application of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Absolutely. Amen. Well said. All right. Appreciate your patience. And I know it's a lot packed in the last few weeks, but uh, appreciate your comments, thoughts, questions. Um, let me uh, remind you the 18th of September is what we got set for our 25th church anniversary date. Gonna have have a uh, good time out at Camp Bond that afternoon and evening. And I uh, haven't had anybody approach me for baptisms, and I know there's some people that had mentioned it before they were interested. But if you know of anyone, please let me know, so we can visit with them. Okay, y'all stand. We'll dismiss. Nathan, just Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the message you brought to us, Father. We pray that uh, we can apply it, Lord, properly so that it would help us to grow closer to you. So that uh, in our growing closer to you, we can guide others to grow closer to you, Father. We pray that uh, we would go about the rest of the week and that we would be kind to others. We would reflect Jesus so that they would see him and they see us, Lord. We thank you for your protection, and we ask for your continued keeping us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you all.